Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Ronnie. Hey, Brittany. So if you guys listen to our podcast, which you do because you're listening now, uh, you probably know how we feel about taxes. And you may have even heard us say taxation is theft from time to time. And we say that because taxation is theft. (laughs) Simple. It is when the government steals from us to fund whatever it is they are trying to pay for. And spoiler alert, a lot of times, actually, I would argue to say most of the time, the things they want to pay for are completely unnecessary or they're programs that don't work. I mean, I I could name numerous things. I'm trying to think of like a most recent thing. Um, It would be a harder question to say, find something that worked, I guess, right? (laughs) Maybe, yeah. I guess there's not many things. So, uh, Ronnie, I want to ask you a question. If the government did not make you pay taxes, would you? Um, no, probably not. I'm trying. I was trying to in my head think: Would there be any reason why I would choose to? But no, nothing comes to mind. Yeah, and you know, it's funny because I've heard people talk about like what ideal taxation would be, and I've heard people say if I could choose what I paid taxes for, and that's an interesting model. But I, I think you bring up a good point. It's like, well, hmm, what would I choose to? It's not like the post office is doing great things, you know. <laughs> There's not but much. Then that I would... I, but then couldn't I just pay those places? For example, I exactly. really like going to the library, and my kids love the library, so we use it a lot. But couldn't I then choose to just? pay money to a membership for a library exactly right that would make and that would probably be a better library system so exactly so I think I think a lot of us feel the way you do Ronnie I know I do that if I was not made to pay taxes I would absolutely not pay taxes you know I wouldn't be giving my money to spend money on wars I don't want to be in or how much do we just give to Ukraine it was I know I think it was in the billions but you just think like wait a second what? You know, all this money. So I would absolutely not pay with taxes if I didn't have to. And this is why the government needed to create a way to make people pay these taxes. Um, Some might even say scaring them into paying these taxes, because as we've talked about uh, before, you know, all taxation and even anything government does, it's enforced by a point of a gun, as we say, right? Because they have to use force. They have to kind of scare you into doing it. And so that is how we got a wonderful organization called the Internal Revenue Service, which we call or we talk about, uh, call it the IRS. So we will dive into this terrible agency today, arguably one of the worst. So, Ronnie, I'm going to ask you a question again. Do you know, here's a little trivia for you. Do you know which president started the IRS? No. In fact, as you were just talking in my head, I was trying to think. I don't even know when the IRS was started. Maybe give me a year. Maybe that'll uh, That'll give it away. That'll be a dead giveaway. Oh, okay. Then never mind. (laughs) Well, that's good because you didn't know and that gives me more of a – that gives me a fun chance to answer. So the IRS was born – I think it was actually called the Internal Revenue Bureau at the time, but it was started – it was born out of what was called the Revenue Act of 1862 under – the Lincoln administration. Oh, yeah. So let's think about what was going on in 1862. We had the Civil War, right? So there was a lot of things that needed to be paid for. And how does government get its money? It doesn't have any, so it has to take it from us through taxation. So this was originally supposed to be just a temporary measure. It was just going to help pay for the war. And then when the war was over, we weren't going to have to use it anymore. 
But here's a fun thing. What happens when we give governments just a little bit of emergency powers, as they call it, to pass measures? Well, we rarely get those powers back. I mean, remember it was two weeks to flatten the curve, Ronnie, for a oh little bit gosh. there. <laughs> I look back on that time and it's, it is crazy. I so wish we could go back in time and just tell our old selves, this is not really two weeks to flatten the curve. <laughs> this no. is so much more. It's going to be about two and a half years yeah. to, to flatten that curve. Can you believe it's been so long too? It's just crazy. But so, so we know what happens when we give uh, governments emergency orders, you know, and before our listeners were born, we had the Patriot Act 9-11 stuff where it was like, all right, oh, yeah. you have to give up your freedoms. And now we still have the TSA and we have all these places. So the taxes, the Internal Revenue Service was was no different. So as soon as it was put into place, even though it didn't, it wasn't as active as it was during the Civil War for a little bit, uh, it, it was still very much there. So it wasn't until 1913 that the 16th Amendment, which is the income tax amendment, mm-hmm. was ratified, which was when it, the official like income tax became a thing. Um, and so that was when they they started hiring more people to be – I like to call it an army, which makes it sound a little scarier than it is. But you know what? <laughs> it is kind of scary. So we're going to call it <laughs> – they needed an income tax army to collect all this money from us. So, Ronnie, I want you to – I want to ask you a question again. You'll notice I mentioned the year 1913. Do yeah. you know what else came around in this year that is well, kind of related? I, I believe that rings a bell, uh, especially, you know, for Tuttle Twins and – as I have learned, um, I believe there was something called, um, well, it was the Jekyll Island. Yes. Um, the, the creature from Jekyll Island. The reserve, Federal Reserve. For some reason, I was totally blanking. Yes. <laughs> yes, uh, the so Federal sorry. Reserve. <laughs> so it's kind of funny to think about this. So 1913 is a really big year for what was going to end up being, you know, the future of our of our economic system. You have two terrible things that were passed. You had the 16th Amendment, which forced everybody to give a portion of their income to the government. Um, And then you had the Federal Reserve, which so first they're being stolen from. And then you have the Federal Reserve, which now has the power to print money, which, as we learned about in the Tuttle Twins book, is also kind of a form of stealing. Because if you remember Grandma and Grandpa Tuttle, the money they save for retirement, remember, it isn't as much as when they started saving because the Federal Reserve keeps printing money and inflation. So it's kind of a double dose of stealing. So that's not great. Do you think Um, they knew back then at that time, like many of the people that they understood what was happening? They no, what that's the changes really, we're going to to do. That's a really good question. You know, I'd have to imagine that people weren't happy about having to give money. I just think that's kind of in in our ingrained in us, you know. But mm-hmm. I also wonder news didn't travel like it does today. You know, yeah. so so I couldn't I couldn't tweet, you know, oh, this is unfair. <laughs> this is bad. There, it didn't exist. And so you kind of wonder maybe it's just because they didn't know until it was too late and what were you going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, you can't really fight, but that's a really good question I hadn't thought of. I'm glad you asked that. Uh, here's another fun little fact. So there were a handful of states that opposed the income tax, and one of them happened to be Utah, where I am from and I where have. Ronnie – yeah, you I currently live. live. Yeah. So I think that was really cool. And uh, this will be a homework assignment for listeners because I'm not sure if I'm remembering this correctly, but this kind of answers your question, Ronnie. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that like it took them a long time to get Utah and the other couple states like answers back, and they'd already ratified it. But again, that might not be true. Somebody, somebody fact check me on that so that I'm not giving fake news out to people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right. So after the income tax was passed, um, the IRS had to double its staff to collect all the money that they were stealing. So in the beginning, it took them two years to process one return. So if you did your 20 oh, wow. or 1917 return, 
and you filled out your paperwork, they weren't giving it back to you or getting your return or whatever it was back to you until 1917. Wow. So very inefficient. But um, unfortunately, the government loved how much money they were able to get. And much of this money at the time was funding the First World War. But they liked it a little too much because then whenever they needed something else, what did they do? They just kept raising the tax rate a little bit. Um, so that was the main job of the IRS was to collect them out of money. But they had other jobs too, which to me don't make a whole lot of sense. And I'm going to put you on the spot, Ronnie. Can oh, you right. give us like a like a – Three sentence refresher because we did a whole episode on this, Connor and I, on what prohibition was. Doesn't have to be long, like three to four sentences. Oh, prohibition. You mean when they stopped allowing the sale of alcohol? Yes. See, look at that. That was perfect. (laughs) Well, I know because, you know, if anyone ever watches movies or TV shows about like the the gangsters in the 1920s and speakeasies, I mean, that's what blew up that whole culture. Uh, I mean, so the, the whole flapper dresses was a very interesting, obviously, you can tell I like history. <laughs> it was a very interesting <laughs> time, but it also led to, um, like, the whole, uh, like, bootleggers, and um, there's a lot of crime that rose because it didn't necessarily stop alcohol from being sold. It just made it all underground, and um, so, like, a whole... Like a bunch of stuff started. Isn't that how the mob started? From that is um, how the, that's yeah. how the mob got more power. So they were oh, around before, power. but okay. yeah, but they were yeah that that made um underground crime. But yes, exactly. So here's a here's a weird fact. This is how the IRS ties into this. Originally, the IRS uh, was the part of the government that was responsible for enforcing prohibition laws, and that was because oh. yes, okay. it, they were trying to catch like businesses or something like sneaking it, you know, in there. So they were like the ones enforcing it, which is very silly and very scary but eventually it went to the department of justice and the irs um you know it wasn't doing that anymore but they also didn't have a good reputation then and they certainly don't have one now so there was a lot of like bribery at, from within the irs like they were taking bribes from people there were also people within the irs who were not paying their own taxes so that was in 1952 there was a lot of, of conflict there and the irs today is known for its incompetency incompetency meaning like it's its ability to just be so well, I'm trying to think of another word for incompetency to try to break that word down, but just to fail miserably. They're just not good at what they do. They're not good at it. And in recent years, like they've had, because you know, with your taxes, you have like your social security number, you have all this really private information. And in recent years, um, either somebody hacked into their system and they never told anybody what happened, or an employee leaked information on a bunch of individuals. So they can't even keep our information private and secret, and they have pretty much everything. I don't know if anyone has ever had to call the IRS, probably not our listeners. I hope you never do, because it takes a very long time to get a hold of them. And when you do get a hold of them, they have very little guidance for you. And it's funny, I've had really nice IRS people I've had to talk to on the phone during tax season. And then I've had people who so clearly hate their jobs <laughs> that I almost like, it's really hard to have sympathy. Um, so, and then it also takes them a long time to process returns. And this is really funny to me because if you are a day late on your taxes, you get slapped with all these fees and these fines. But if the IRS is late doing, you know, processing, yeah, they're fine. They they're fine. as much time as they want. In fact, they'll probably get more money from the government for doing it. So in the uh, 1990s, this article came out and it talked about how the IRS was barging into homes of people who were late on their taxes, but they were barging into them with like guns loaded. Like it was oh, – Really? Yeah. See, so I was, didn't know that um, – I didn't know that that was like a typical thing that IRS agents did is that they themselves actually went into homes, especially with guns. So yes, 
I'm glad you uh, brought that up because I had no idea. And scary. I think very scary. And these were people, these weren't gangsters, right? These weren't mobsters. These were just people who, yes, they relate on their taxes. They didn't pay their taxes, but they were nonviolent. They weren't doing Mm -hmm. anything that warranted that. So then during the Obama presidency, and you probably remember this, the IRS IRS was targeting groups um, and people who had conservative beliefs and started going after them. Because the thing is, yes, if the government takes a, like, looks at anybody's taxes, they could find something wrong. It doesn't, like, and I'm not saying that means people are dishonest. I'm just saying, like, the government, if they want to find something, they will. Well, and so when you're were- dealing with all the details of these little numbers, and, I mean, that's what all the tax returns are, then, yeah, of course you're going to – there's – I mean, I assume, right, that's just built into the system, so they can always yep. find something wrong with everyone. Because but- there's so many rules you honestly don't know. <laughs> you don't even know all of them. It's it's ridiculous. Honestly, kids, that's the worst part of growing up is having to pay your taxes. <laughs> It is the worst. So now it's getting even worse. And Ronnie, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it back to you a little again to have you tell us a little bit of what's happening with the IRS today because lately in the last month or so, which I guess this uh, this episode will come out a little bit later, but recently, a couple months ago, um, we've had something new. The IRS is expanding a little bit. Can you can you talk a teeny bit about that? Sure. Well, I think first off, what's interesting is that it's all tied into an act called the Inflation Reduction Act, which you would think has to do with inflation. But actually, once you start reading it, you realize it has to do with um, the ways in which they are hoping to uh, reduce inflation. And one of those ways is by hiring a ton more IRS agents to try to find as much money as they can from individuals. Now they say, oh, we hired all of them so that we can try to get more money from the rich people uh, because the rich people don't pay the taxes right. But uh, I saw somewhere, and I can't remember the numbers off of my head, but you know, the, how many people are in the top 1%, as they say, or you know, the top percentage that are they're actually concerned about need better scrutiny of their taxes. Um, There's not very many. And those people could easily be covered by far, far, far fewer agents than the number that they hired. They hired, or at least they were looking to hire what 87,000, I think is thousand extra IRS agents. Um, So what's going to happen is that they're going to be spending all their time, sure, a little bit of extra time on the rich, but most of it's just going to be on average regular people uh, trying to get every last cent they can out of out of you for taxes. And uh, yeah, it's it's a little scary, especially I, I didn't know this before, but when you mentioned about in the 90s that they were going into houses with guns, um, there was I, I don't know if you saw this, but there was uh, the ad for for the hiring of the 87,000 yes. new IRS agents, uh, the job posting ha- was circulating online. And one of the things in the job posting was saying, oh, and, you know, it was either they were looking for people with experience with guns or they were going to teach you to have how to Or like you had to be gun. comfortable carrying a gun. Yeah, it was, it was something, something like creepy. that. Yeah. But it was very weird that it was in the posting because I didn't know that that was typically what IRAs IRS agents do. Usually you think they're just sitting, you know, they're a little bit nerdy and sitting behind a computer and just crunching numbers all day. So nope, they're very scary as it turns out. So I think we're we're almost at time. So so I hope like they give you a little bit of, of some clarity of what the IRS is. Basically, it is one of the worst government departments ever. And in order for taxation to be theft, somebody has to be there to do the stealing. And that is where the IRS comes in. 
So we'll leave it there today. Thank you so much for listening. Please like and subscribe and tell your friends about the podcast. And Ronnie, we will talk to you later. All right. Bye. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.